listeners, this is Spotlight on Grace Podcast, where we're focusing on what's happening at Grace Church and how God's grace is making a difference in our lives. I'm your host, Burr Bolton, for podcast episode number one, where we're discussing the one page of Grace's Church, Grace Church mission and vision. In the studio today, I have Pastor BJ, who is the executive pastor here at Grace. I have Pastor Jason, who is the lead pastor here at Grace. And then I also have the lovely... Pastor Tanya Marks, who is the discipleship pastor here Hey, y'all. Why was I not the lovely one? <laughs> I don't know what you are. I'm still trying to figure out who's who. <laughs> All right, listeners. Well, we're going to be discussing something called the one page. And as we go into that, that's going to make more sense to you here in just a minute. But first, I want to ask Pastor Jason, I've noticed um, in the past several months and weeks that during your prayer time or even from the pulpit or just when you're talking, you've been using this phrasing that we're encouraging our community towards wholeness in Jesus. And so I just wanted to you to talk about what, why is that? Why is that phrasing coming up more often? What does that mean? Um, I know it was intentional that you were saying it, but, but what right, exactly is right. going on with that? Well, I tell you, one of the things that, uh, so I can't believe we've already been here for like 16 months now. So it's kind of a fun thing, but one of the things that we started talking about when we first got here as a staff is just what it would mean to kind of move the whole church forward. And so we started this whole process about really rediscovering who who Grace had been over the over the years, over the decades. And so uh, whenever we started looking at what we had in front of us, we said we need to get everybody on the same page. That's actually where this whole one page thing has kind of come from. And so as we looked at who we've been over, well, what, 1963, 53, 1953, 1953, one of the things that we've noticed is we have consistently over all these years, the last 47 years, 57 years, um, 67 years. Is it 67? <laughs> that's the math. That's how it adds up. It's new math. That's it's, what it is. He's a preacher, not a mathematician. It's the same math. That's right. <laughs> No, I, I started noticing that, that basically, or we started noticing that what we had done is encouraged this community. We're so involved in the community, but we're doing intentional stuff to make sure they're moving towards Jesus. And Jesus wants to restore, uh, restore who the, he created us to be in the very first place. So really our mission began to be this encouraging our community toward wholeness in Jesus. It was a rediscovering of who we've been over 67 years. Okay, so I've been noticing that you've been saying that a lot. I don't know if our listeners have caught that or not, but obviously, I hope so too. I think that is just you guys' point, intentional focus towards Grace Church's mission and vision, right? Absolutely, and we we spent about nine months working on this total one page that we're going to talk about, Um, and we... Pastor Jason was very patient with the staff because <laughs> we are very picky about our words and about our phrasing, and oh we might have almost arm wrestled over some things sometime, but we, we really prayed and thought and nitpicked over, over this page for it to truly represent who we are and who we want to be going forward. Right. Um, and so we feel good about what we've landed on and the things that, that we're working toward. I, I would even say that the whole idea behind this mission of encouraging our community to move toward wholeness is really, it's, it's anchored in the, the mission of Jesus where he said, mm-hmm. go and make disciples. And the disciples, they found wholeness. They found their, their purpose as they followed Jesus. So we are here to encourage everybody else around us to move towards Jesus and discover who they were created to be in the first place. Sure. And what, one of the things that we kind of toyed with early on was um, holiness right. in Jesus. 
But then stepping back and looking at that and who we are as Wesleyans mm-hmm. um, was, you know, God is concerned about our whole life, our our whole self. And sure. so wholeness in Jesus is about holiness and living spiritually who God has called us to be, but we want to we want we want to see marriages made whole, and we want to see relationships between friends to be well, and we want people to find their purpose in their work and everyday life. And I think that's why wholeness was important. There is well, there's so much brokenness all the way around us, and so I think that was uh, that was where you got holiness and wholeness kind of came together. Just looking at the brokenness, and, and we spent a lot of time on the word community too, because we wanted that word to not just express our concern for the community as a whole, but also the community of believers and the community of our right. people within our church. Good. Yeah, that's good. And for those of you who don't know, this is very literally a one page. It's a sheet of paper that they have somehow condensed some wonderful things down to just one sheet of paper. And um, if you're interested in that, you can actually go to our website, ColumbiaGrace.org, and there's going to be a link there for us to for you to be able to print that off and actually look at this one page. Um, and then there will also be some printed copies available at the information desk for a few weeks if you'd like to stop by and check out and just so you can be focusing on this mission and vision along um, with the staff and um, really seeing it come to fruition here for our church and for our community. Our goal is that people hear it and know it well, and we're, we're going to be looking for ways to get this word out in, you know, in these kinds of big things like this podcast, like you said, Pastor Jason's already re- referred to it in sermons, but even in small group settings and in Sunday school classes, uh, we want this to be, be a very familiar, almost second nature document in our, in our hearts and souls, but not because it's who we necessarily want to become, although we're becoming more this, but we feel like it's who Grace Church already is. Right. And that's why right. we landed where yes. we did. And so we're just trying to perfect on that and really be intentional about some of these these items. So moving moving on on this one page, it's listed out some very practical ways um, of what this looks like um, for the people of the church, for the church as a whole. And so um, it lists out four core values, and those four core values are one, honest worship, two, life-giving relationships, three, effective discipleship, and four, intentional outreach. Now, they list out what each of these means, but I'd like for us to talk about these a little more in depth sure. if you guys want to um, pitch in. Let's let's start with honest worship, if you guys don't mind, just kind of helping our listeners to understand what that looks like. I, I would just kind of jump in and say that uh, one, of, one of the key things is that most churches have worship, <laughs> at least we believe that, um, most churches are going to have relationships and discipleship is going to be kind of a natural part. Outreach is going to be part of who they are. And so one of the things we wanted to focus on was that adjective in front of that. Mm-hmm. And we spent, you, Pastor Tanya was talking about all the different words we thought about and could use. Honest kind of rose to the, the top, if you will, because we realized that part of honest worship is this idea and this understanding that it's it's not just uh, being rah rah re and, and excited all the time. Sometimes we have to lament. Sometimes we're sad or, or discouraged or whatever it is. And so it's okay to be honest before God in our worship Sunday mornings all the way through Monday, Tuesday through Saturday. Yeah, because He already knows, anyways. Right. right? He already exactly. knows, and I think it's freeing as a believer to come into a space where you see other believers bringing whatever, their sorrows, their joys, whatever in. Exactly. And, and they're not pretending. They're right. Not, not pretending. Yeah. I think so often worship gets this rap as, you know, worship is the music at church sure. on Sunday morning, the first mm-hmm. 30 minutes before the preacher mm-hmm. preaches. Mm-hmm. And something that we want to convey through this is that 
the, the worship is in the music. The worship is in the giving of our tithes and offerings. The worship is in the receiving of the word. Um, and then even as we go out into our weeks um, and live our life, that our whole lives would be worship. That's something that we want people to come um, to understand and to know. Like we've referenced here, we kind of mentioned on the one page the joys and sorrows of life. Like everything that we go through, if we turn it toward God, um, realizing who he is and that we can bring those things to him becomes worship. Sure. And that's a, a, a deeper level than we understand sometimes. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes, it, most of the time, it's worship through our daily lives, our jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, we can worship through that. And, you know, raising our children and getting our children out of the house. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh, no. You're not even close yet, brother. You've got years to go. I got, I got years to go there, but it's it's our whole lives are built for worship. And if we're taking God out of any piece of our lives, we're missing out on a very important, honest part of worship. Right. That's right. Good. All right. Well, let's move on to the second core value then, and that is listed out as life-giving relationships. And so can you tell me what that would look like um, for a believer, for wholeness in Jesus to have life-giving relationships? Um, Life-giving relationships, on our one page, we've actually wrote on there, providing courage to those we know and those we meet. Um, I, I don't know how many, and we'll, we'll talk about discipleship a little bit here in a minute too, but those life-giving relationships that you get from being a part of a church, from being a part of a small group, a Sunday school class, or you know the choir, or wherever you may build those relationships, and they are so important in our lives because this is, the Christian journey is not, the journey of a believer, it's not a, a solo journey. It's a journey alongside one another, and um, there's going to be hurt, there's going to be pain, and having someone to be there to help through that is awesome. There's also going to be times of joy, times of celebration, and having somewhere someone alongside on that is also just as mm-hmm. exciting. Just as exciting. It, and it's, it's, we need people to share the joys of life with, but we also need people to c- come alongside and kind of help us through the difficult parts of life. So it is life-giving all the way through. You know, I hear so many people talk about um, when they're going through a hard time, they say, I don't know how people how people do this without the Lord. And I, I don't either, but I also don't know how they, don't, how they do it without life-giving relationships right. because during hard times, those are the people that come alongside you and minister to you when you really need it. But then you were talking about joys, and I distinctly remember a time in our small group that Emily was, uh, she was a small baby, but she was learning to roll over, and I was in the kitchen. She had not rolled over yet, but we were having small group, and she rolled over, and the whole living room erupted in these huge cheers, like, yeah! <laughs> and I thought, what happened? And I ran in there. Well, she rolled over for the first time, but the entire small group celebrated something so simple as my baby rolling over. And so, like, I knew those people had my back, and they were there, good, bad, ugly, whatever it was, and that was that was awesome. That's I love the, that. That's the beautiful part of the church is we're all this family and so we celebrate those kinds of things but we also cry at other times yes and i love that term life giving because there's so many things in life and in the world that drain us you know sometimes work even if it's good work that we love it's just the physical exhaustion of that and exertion of that and times and schedules and busyness and there's so many things like that that um when i think about life giving and just imagining that that breath of god coming into our life through our friendships with other people and i kind of have a small group story um that reminds me of this as well 
I think small group was actually at my house this particular night. And for some reason, like Tracy was already there and small group had started, but maybe I'd been to pick up one of the kids from somewhere. And so I was coming in after it was already there. And mm-hmm. it was, it was the time of year that we're, that we're heading into right now where daylight savings time had ended and it was already kind of dark and yes. kind of cold outside. And I may cry. Sorry, y'all know I'm a crybaby anyway, but I'll push <laughs> through it. But I remember just opening that door and from the cold, um, already dark night, opening the door and immediately there was warmth and laughter and joy and the oh, smell of good food. That's and awesome. to me, that's like, it, that was so life-giving. And that's what I think about when I think about the relationships that I see happening in this church mm-hmm. and the relationships that people can have, you know, being involved in the church, being in a sure. small group. So that's just, life-giving is just like a breath of fresh air to me when I hear that word. Absolutely. Well, and it's kind of like you went from the cold, cruel world literally into warmth. Mm-hmm. And like, I think of that as an analogy for for a, a believer's life. Like we mm-hmm. go out into this right. cold, cruel world, but then we come back to get refueled, you know, awesome. with our life-giving relationships for sure. All right, well, moving on, um, number three of the core values is, and these are numbered not by number of importance. They're not really numbered actually on the fir- on the one page you'll see, but I'm just saying this to keep us in line with what we're doing. But they're, one is no more important so, than the somebody other. Somebody has to keep us in yeah, line, somebody right? has to. <laughs> Ooh, that's a job. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Um, okay, so the number three core value is defect, effective discipleship. Um, who wants to tell me a little more about that? I'll start with that one since it's not, my job title. It's not defective. Not defective. It's, it's effective. Effective. <laughs> effective discipleship. And again, this was a word that we sort of labored over in a good way, but just really saying that, you know, discipleship is not just how much of the Bible can I learn? How much time do I spend in prayer? Am I checking off all the things on a discipleship checklist? True discipleship comes down to making followers of Jesus as we follow Jesus. So as I'm learning and growing in the word and in prayer and and giving and all those things that a disciple does, what I'm really trying to do is replicate that in the lives of others, bringing other people along. Um, It doesn't mean that as a disciple that you have to have all the answers or have a a Bible degree or any of of those things. It just simply means finding someone who's maybe even just a step or two behind you Mm -hmm. or maybe your very own children or grandchildren and saying, hey, come along on this journey as we look to Jesus and want to be more and more like him. I love how you talk about we don't have to have all the answers because I think, and and I know we don't have them numbered, but I think if you kind of start with honest worship, it's kind of that relationship we have Mm -hmm. with God. Mm -hmm. And then you get into this life-giving relationships and then it just becomes a natural thing to move into this discipleship because yes. all of a sudden, my life has been focused at the beginning on God, good and bad. And now I've got these people who are going to help me through the good and bad. And now I get to help other people mm-hmm. walk through that good and bad. And so as we begin to live life, it's just it's just kind of this flow that begins to happen inside of your, your normal everyday life. Yeah. Well, it's only natural that when you discover something so good, you kind of want to share it with other people. And right. so that right. just becomes the natural flow. Like, mm-hmm. let, me, let me show you the difference the Lord's made in my life. And you just yes. have somebody come along. And I think sometimes with the idea of being a disciple of Jesus, we, like Tanya said, think we have to have it all together. But and when you look at Scripture and we look at the disciples, I mean, when we look at those guys and all the mistakes they made and all the boneheaded things they did, and I'm like, well, I can do that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do that. I don't, it's not that I can. I do that. <laughs> Well, I have to say that's very encouraging for me that you don't have to have arrived before you start discipling that's people. Right, yeah. That's that's good news for me, and I don't know about the rest of you, but very good news. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, 
I heard just even a simple illustration a couple of weeks ago where the person was saying in John 17 where Jesus is praying for his disciples and and he says I've given them the word that you've given me and that's not the the word as in Jesus himself being the word Mm -hmm. but just saying like the words like as I read the Bible and I then go about my day and I say, hey, let me t- let me share with you the scripture sure. I read today. Mm-hmm. Even that is discipleship and, right. and spreading the word. And I don't have to be able to preach a sermon on it. I don't have to have it memorized, although nope. memory is a great thing. But just as I share that word, right. um, that's discipleship. And yeah. if we could grasp that and realize it, we can all be disciple makers. Yes. So what I hear you saying is while classes and sermons, and all of that are right and good, and they're a great place to learn, they're not the only place. Absolutely. Right. Yes. Good. All right. Well, so moving on to the last core value, that's intentional outreach. You guys tell me a little more about that. I feel like Grace Church has always been really good at this, but I especially am interested in the intentional part there. Uh, Well, intentional outreach is simply pointing people towards Jesus through being very purposeful in acts of service. And at Grace Church, we have done this so many different ways over the years, and we're always coming up with new ways to do this and changing past ways we've done that. Um, you know, we, we sponsor or give 1% to local ministries. That's just one easy way that we as a church have said, you know what, here's our budget. We're going to give 1% of our budget to these local ministries like the Pregnancy Center and Highland Elementary School. We've used them and the FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, just these different things that we give to. And that's one simple thing, but we also just have so many people who want to serve. So wait a minute, Pastor Rejay. One second. That was weird calling you Pastor Rejay. That was weird. Sorry, <laughs> listeners, but that was a little weird since he's my husband. That's, that's not what you weird. call him at home? No, no, no it's not. <laughs> no, would you like to use those words? No, let's not do that. So, um, so what you're telling me is that Grace Church actually gives 1% of everything they bring in a month away? Yes. Well, that's amazing. And that's above, like, budgets that we pay that already supports world missions and other things happening. So what are just a few of the ministries that we support? Uh, So we support uh, Pregnancy Center. Um, We also support, I said Highland Elementary, FCA. Uh, We've given to MUMS before, which is the uh, Murray United Ministries. Ministries. Mm -hmm. Uh, They help with transportation. Um, we actually we help with the family center quite a bit with that. Um, family center does great ministry here in Murray County and uh, help a lot of people. I, you That's know, awesome. just and I don't want to cut you off, but one of the things I think about is the fact that that I love is that we're encouraging our community, right? And it's not that we have all the answers; we don't even mm-hmm. have all the resources, sure. but we're partnering. Yes. With everybody else throughout mm-hmm. this community, because it's not about us, it's about Jesus in the first place. That's right. right. That's right. And I love it. We presented this one page to a group of leaders a, a couple of months ago at a launch retreat, and I hadn't thought of it this way, but somebody came to me and said, okay, when we're thinking about these core values, are we just thinking about like the whole church doing these things, or are we thinking about like our small groups doing these things? And I kind of had an aha moment, like the whole church lives in this umbrella of these core values, but also if a small group could catch the vision of making these things a priority and what does this look like for us as a small group, then if families and individuals can say, right. what does this look like for me? Like it's even more multiplied because intentional outreach 
doesn't have to be someone waiting until the church says, and now we've got a service project this week. It could be your small group or your family or you as an individual person finding a way to serve in the community with the whole purpose of pointing to Jesus. And we can do that on all those levels. Because if we're pointing to Jesus, it doesn't matter where we are. It's a win. Right, Right, exactly. It doesn't have to be an organized program of the church, you know. No, because our our ultimate mission ultimately is to, to encourage our community. Mm-hmm. And and one of the things going back to the words we talked about was, and I didn't know this. I think Tanya, you pointed it out that the word encourage means to be the courage that somebody needs, and so the way that we're doing that as as a church or even as a small group, as families, all that kind of stuff. When we're living this stuff out, is that we're literally being the courage that that the people who need transportation or the pregnancy center or fellowship Christian athletes, we're being the courage that they need to continue Mm -hmm. to minister to our community and to move them towards wholeness. Sure. I love it too. Um, Well, I have a friend here at church and she was telling me when she found out that we do the 1% that she was so impressed by that and that made her feel so wonderful because they were, her and her husband were already giving to the church. But she said to me, um, my husband and I work full time. And so we're not as able to you know, volunteer as many services in our community. They, right. they definitely volunteer right. here at church. But she was saying, I just feel good knowing that I am supporting people in our community to go and make that difference. So I thought that was really neat too. Like sometimes seasons of life, we can't always give of our time, but giving of our money. And I love that the church um, allots that amount to our community for sure. Good. I just thought of a question I've never thought of before. <clears throat> if someone wanted to contribute and say, this is for the 1% project, could all of that contribution go to the 1% project that month? Mm. And if you don't know, I think it's okay to say we don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that, but I would recommend that if you have, if one of those ministries that we've just mentioned or another ministry that's in town and you're just like, I want that money to go to that ministry, you can donate to that ministry. Straight to or the vo- ministry. Or volunteer that, your time. Or volunteer yeah. your time, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's, I mean, those Good. ministries are here in town and, are always looking for extra help. There's lots sure. of ways to serve in our community. I, I know that uh, I talked, whenever I announced that uh, about the 1% a couple of weeks ago, uh, somebody who's on the board of moms came up to me and said, we haven't been able to have our normal fundraising for the year because mm-hmm. of the whole COVID thing. He said, you have no idea how important and how blessed we feel that Grace has been able to support us in that way. Yeah. So, I mean, whichever way you do it, we're still encouraging yeah. our community. And we feel blessed to be a blessing, right? Right, mm-hmm. right. Absolutely. Well, awesome. And, and if we're gonna if we're gonna have people know what intentional outreach is, what better way than as a church to be doing that? Right. And modeling that. Yeah, I love it. Absolutely. That's good. All right. So we are coming to a close here on this episode one, but I want you to stay tuned for the next episode when um, it comes out because we're going to finish up talking about this one page and you don't want to miss that. Um, But I hope you remember between now and then that God's grace is sufficient for you.